Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services. Huskerland Oilfield Services. Why does Nebraska come to mind when I hear that name? So talk to me about uh, the company and Huskerland and the whole deal. Yes, sir. Uh, well, you're exactly right. Huskerland, that's I'm originally born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I was I was living in Oklahoma. I got done coaching, you know, was, and was still living down there when I broke out in the old field. And uh, when it came time to, you know, get an LLC or S Corp and get, and get it all put together, originally it was going to be uh, Suterland because I was down there. But uh, we ended up moving back to Nebraska, and I was like, hey, Huskerland it is. So, uh, you know, that's how the name came about. And uh, as, as far as getting out in the old field, I, I coached college baseball and coached overseas and uh, for, you know, 10-plus years. And then uh, one of my former players, had his, his wife had a miscarriage, and, and thank goodness now they got three beautiful children. Uh, but that time, it was 2000, oh, two, Christmas of 2011. And so Oldfield was hammered down right then. Guys had either been out for a long time and were at the house and wanted to be at the house for Christmas or were still on a well, and he was having a hard time being able to get out of there to go be with his wife. And uh, he called me, and he's like, Coach, hey, can you, you know, you hop up here for a few days? And so uh, my introduction to the Oldfield was him giving me about a 15-minute crash course on what to look for, give you this number, this number, this number. Uh, he headed to the house, and at the end of that four days, he came back and cut me a check, and it was, you know, it was better than what I was making as a, a junior college assistant baseball coach. Because how much you win, you're not making much money there. And uh, Tom ever opened up to give me a call, and fast forward to the next August, you know, we're going trying to go for our second national championship in a row. We end up getting beat by LSU Eunice in the in that last game, and. Uh, I was at Yankee Stadium watching one of my former players make his big league debut with the with the Mariners and got a call. He's like, hey, coach, you still want to do that? And, man, I, I hopped on the next flight after the game and headed down to Texas, sat with him as well. And, and uh, man, I've been in it ever since. It's been, it's been a fun ride. So you are located in Texas. I, I did follow the story. You're from Omaha. You've traveled around a little bit doing the work thing. And then uh, it sounds like you uh, landed in yes. Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, Miami, Texas. And uh, was working in the area and, and, you know, liked the area and uh, <clears throat> met a woman who's now my fiance. And uh, so that's what brought me to, to that area, living in small town Miami, Texas. It's, uh, it's a nice place. But uh, what we do is, uh, you know, flow back production operators, lease operators, consultants. And, uh, you know, it, they've been able to, to stay busy for the most part and, you know, been able to see some growth. And uh, I, I'm glad you had us on the program and you know a lot of times i'm still out in the field with the guys and i don't get to get out and network as much as i'd like and you know i, I grew up in nebraska where the whole field wasn't wasn't that big so uh get an opportunity to have have me on your show i appreciate it because you know maybe meet a, a little bit larger audience and they can know what we do and uh they need to get hold of me as well so you know i was going to ask you about baseball so keep that in the back pocket and then i was going to ask you about you know life's a hitch I want to ask you about hitch living as well, but yes. uh, I do want to ask you about the <clears throat> the problem that has come up over and over and over again about how it seems like people who are not at networking events or at conferences um, kind of get left out a little bit from time to time, and those that are working or at home with their families uh, have to work even harder. And I've heard that, and I don't mean that to to you know, say anything negative towards anybody. I'm just saying I'm, I'm hearing that so much. It just seems like that's kind of the way things have gotten. And then when you just said that, 
that kind of reinforced that thought again, enough for me to bring it up and say, hey, are you hearing that? Are you seeing that? Talk to me about what you're going through with that. Yeah, no, you know, I'm a small operation. In the grand scheme of things, I'm a minnow floating around just, you know, trying to trying to get what I can and, and stay going. We're not in a position where it can go and, you know, have the support staff of an office assistant, a $100,000 a year salesman, and, you know, all these uh, expenses and overhead, you know, that I, I do it all myself, you know, until it gets to a, and we get the growth to a point where, be um, comfortably and, and smartly start adding pieces as, as they need to go. It's something that I've been doing all myself. And, you know, even with, with the sports deal, my background was, you know, I was recruit coordinator. And so, you know, I, I try to network as, as much as I can. But, yeah, I, I, I don't have the money to have a guy in the field all the time. So now I'm out in the field for, you know, a month, two months, three months at a time. And, uh, so, you know, you, you get a chance to meet those that you're around. Uh, but as far as, you know, the growth, you're not meeting as many people that you like as far as the accounts and introduce yourself. So what ends up becoming is, you know, using social media. And that's, uh, you know, been the biggest way that I've been able to at least where it's not feeling like I'm out of sight, out of mind, you know, because you can get out there on a long hitch and, you know, something comes up on short notice. And if, uh, you know, you don't have somebody in the field that's going to meet with guys and take them to lunch and you have no no presence on social media reaching out and, you know, with the phone calls, uh, you know, that you can't get lost in the shuffle. And what compounds it even worse is that you get off a three, three month hitch and, you know, you're back at the house and you got a wife and you got a fiance and you got a girlfriend and you got kids. And, you know, you want to spend time with them because you feel like though you're making a good living and, and you're able to provide for them, you know, there's some things that money can't buy and it's, it's that time. So when you do get home, you want to try to soak up that time as much as you can. Well, now you're in a situation where, you know, I've been gone. Do I want to go have beers at the at the local pub and you know maybe run some guys that you know can talk talk shop with? And next, you know, a deal comes out. Not, no, that that doesn't end up happening. You, you stay at the family, and now you know it it does stunt your growth. It, it really it really it really can. Just hope that the relationships that you have existing are are solid and stay solid. And you know the ones that you you do come into, hopefully, it's a meaningful one where it's it's uh, quality over just quantity. And that's, you know, for me as a small operator, it's, that's been our deal is just, it's not how big we can get. And, you know, how many counts is the ones you have and, and the ones you, you have a chance to have that, you know, you do a good job and, and hopefully get the call, the next call when they have something going, but. No, I, f- I feel your pain. I can empathize uh, a lot of what you're talking about. I'm a single dad. And in fact, I've got a kid downstairs sick he threw up about three hours ago so we've got oh oh, yeah i mean throw you know i mean a sick day if you're working a a regular job a sick day can throw you completely out of the loop if you're you know if if your kid's not old enough to take care of himself and even if he is old enough to take care of himself i mean what do you do do you give him you know a couple tablets and go back to work when your kid's sick so i mean it's just it's kind of it it, you hope they don't have the uh, coronavirus or whatever is going that you guys didn't eat Chinese and the little guy gets to feeling better soon, man. Why And why uh, did they have to name that virus after a delicious <laughs> beer? I mean, I don't, I don't... I know. It sure is making for some, some good memes, I guess. I, yeah, I, 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 I suppose it is, but uh, it's it's interesting, though, how to, how to make the work uh, life balance work and then also for a small business, especially in the energy industry. I've said for a long time, I've been a big champion for these natural gas crazy guys who... 
you know, they're, they're, they're smart, clever capitalists. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of research money that goes, go, that, that's available. And yet these uh -huh. guys are camping out and sleeping at the well sites and checking monitors and just, you know, doing what they got to do, trying to make right. their smart, clever, capitalistic idea work. And, you know, and, and trying to meet all the different regulations that the states require and this and that. And, and, and you know this, energy companies, they've got shareholders, they've got budgets, they've got et cetera. So they're, they're pretty well predictable for the most part, yep. what, what they're going right. to do, what they can do. Now, can you build a better sandwich or, you know, make a better mousetrap? Sure. And that's right. where you got to be able to show the energy company and tell them about it. So uh, use this opportunity. You mentioned, you know, that it, this is one of the platforms that reaches into offices that um, when you're not there. So, you, you know, I mean, while we're talking right now, a week from now, two days from now, a month from now, this interview can be listened to in someone's office in Houston or the Bakken or Marcella. Right. So who is your customer? Who are you looking for? And if you want, you can mention some, you know, te testimonials that people know, you know, what kind of quality work you can do. Yeah, uh for us, um, you know, some of the largest, everything for us has been direct MSAs with the, with the energy producers. Because I think at times where guys, you know, especially the smaller outfits that, you know, everybody everybody and their mom has a flowback company now. And what you find is you guys, you know, I, I talked to a guy the other day. He was got a hold of me. Hey, do you ever need, uh, you know, contractors that we could supplement what you have going on? And, you know, I, I said, hey, what, what's your business model? Are, are you supplying you know third-party contractors or are you you know have direct msas and you're going that way he said we're trying to do both and i said you can't do both you can do both if it's a cash grab for me it hasn't been a cash grab you know it's a, a long process won the first national championship that, that uh was fortunate enough to be a part of it and it took 10 years you know like i've been in this going on eight and i i know it's a process everything doesn't happen overnight for us it's been everything going straight uh, to the producers Hell in the production mostly when we've done uh, contract pumping and ran some consultants and done odd jobs, rouse about stuff, piecing, you know, crews together, uh, short nose type stuff, but really uh, production. And, um, you know, the thing is when you, when guys are trying to do both, it's like if they've got their guys that they're servicing their, their MSAs with, and they're trying to sell guys on running third, you know, third party guys, we're well, not going to get their best guys because they're going to tend to their accounts. And, uh, you know, on on the flip side, if you're running their guys to fill their accounts and they're trying to get MSAs with guys, now there's a conflict of interest where you're like, can I really trust her? These guys just trying to get close to try to steal accounts. So for me, I never wanted to be in that in the wishy washy gray area. Um, you know, so I don't I, I don't like to do third party stuff unless it's slow and I myself am going out to stay busy. So I'm making making sure you know paying the insurances, paying you know, uh, every, everything that needs to, any expense that we may have so where I'll go and subcontract, but I don't like to, to subcontract through service companies and then run third party. I, I, I don't personally. So, uh, like I said, it's not about how big we can get. It's always been about just doing the best you can. I haven't been money motivator. I wouldn't have been a coach for as long as I was, you know, it's like every day out here, I try to relate to baseball in certain different ways. And, you know, right. That's pitch by pitch, job by job, day by day and what will be will be and hopefully position when you get the opportunities to do well so you yeah, mentioned that's oh go i was going to say you mentioned coaching in oklahoma i thought i heard national championship as well uh talk to me about your baseball experience i i tell you mine up front i had two pro tryouts by the 
uh, Cincinnati Reds and the Atlanta Braves, they brought me in, and they both told me the same thing. You're way too slow. you got to shave at least a second off your 40 time to be considered. So I was right. for, for a six-foot white guy who was pretty average, that was a, I, I felt that was, a, that was a crowning achievement in my what? baseball career. <laughs> well, you're, you're from North, North Dakota then? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, got, hey, you guys have had some guys come out of here. I know uh, oh, Travis Hafner. Da- uh, Darren Erstead, I think, was the number one well, pick overall. Funny. In, hey, uh, yeah, Husterland and Oldfielders. Of course, I wasn't going to forget about Darren Erstad. Dar- Darren Erstad's a national Husker championship. With, won a national championship with the football team as a kicker. Absolutely. Yeah, he was the punter. And I went and watched the uh, the ring ceremony that they had over there at Memorial State. This is I was probably in seventh grade at the time, and uh, he was on the baseball team. You know, he's the number one overall pick in the draft. Well, Buck Belcher, old Buck Belcher Stadium was right next door to Memorial Stadium, and so during the ring ceremony. Obviously, Erstad would come up to bat over on the baseball field and on the loudspeaker. You know, they'd hear Darren Erstad up to bat. And, oh, man, Memorial Stadium was going wild for him. He's, his, he's made some huge donations over there. It was was the coach. He just stepped away this past – this is his first season having stepped away. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a Husker through and through. But, yeah, you guys have had some good players come through North Dakota. That, Rick Helling's sure. another one. Rick Helling won a uh, championship yeah, with the Marlins. He's, he's with the, in fact, he's the guy I usually call if I have any baseball – questions i he's he's around my age he was he was a little bit older than me but i he went to the same high school that uh and so we kind of you know knew similar people so it's an easy phone call for me but he works for major league baseball he does a lot of the investigative stuff you know he told me one time and this is really applicable to our previous conversation about you know trying to make ends meet and really trying to you know get a break and 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 really get through that next tier he said when he was in the minors rick helling when he was in the minors, that there he wouldn't he would get charged double for things. I mean, you know, people people would wouldn't give him the time of day. And then when he got to the majors and he got his million dollar contract and everything else, there wasn't a drink that he that that he could buy because everyone was buying him drinks and buying him dinners. Yeah. So when yeah. when he needed money the most and he needed resources and help the most, no one would give it to him. And then when he didn't need it at all, everybody was willing to give it to him. I mean, it's just so funny. So backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah talk about overpriced belly. It sounds, uh, yeah, sounds like the old field at times, man. Yeah, you can run into some over, overpriced stuff some places. That's for, that's for dang sure. Well, it's, it goes in, in, in a lot of industries, you know. I mean, a lot of people like to pay for the sizzle and not the steak. So, And coming from Omaha, you get that, Omaha steaks. There we go. I didn't know there was a Kansas City steak either the other day. I found that, and I said, ooh, Omaha's got to be there but so okay you're you're based out of texas where were you where did you play college or i'm sorry where did you coach college um i played it at uh western oklahoma state college and uh, at east central university over in oklahoma and uh when i got into coaching my first job was up at uh, northeastern state in Tahlequah, uh division two school there then i went overseas to uh switzerland and coached a club team over there and then was uh got named national the head coach of the senior national team and I could have stayed over in Switzerland for for a long time, but I mean, I had the top baseball job in the country, and uh, it wasn't like I mean, it was enough to like sightsee, you know, not make a living. So I uh, came back, uh, Bellevue University, which is right there, uh, right next to Omaha. Coached there, uh, went to two World Series there. Went down to uh, Western Oklahoma State, where I played at, and uh, was fortunate. Our first two years ever going to the World Series in school history was. Was, I was there for it was my first and second year there. Uh, went out to North Carolina, uh, 
but went to Alaska, coached in Alaska Baseball League, then went to North Carolina at Mount Olive, and they won the national championship in 2008. I got out there in 2010 and uh, came back to came back 2011 to Western, uh, Western Oklahoma, won national championship in 11, runners up in 12, and then uh, my daughter was born in January 2012, and that's why... I mean, it was a good run, and, and you know, scouted with the Orioles, bird dog, associate scout with those guys for a while. It was a good run, but, um, you know, ultimately wins and losses and chasing championships and, you know, the mentoring part I, I miss, but ultimately, you know, it comes down to wanting to support your family, and, you know, it's kind of by chance it all it all led me to the whole field. And, uh, you know, it was it was really an odd deal because Creighton University is there in Omaha, and I'd, I'd always periodically check in Ed Service. He's the head coach over there. I'd periodically check in with them, like, hey, Ed, you know, don't forget about me down here in Oklahoma if you ever have a, a position open on your staff. Well, um, you know, I came back and went with my buddy that August of 2012. I'm in the old field, and I go, I go get a truck on credit. I go get a camper on credit, you know, because I'm a broke coach. I don't, I, I'm not going to be paying for nothing. Get all this. I'm, I'm in. Pay my first month of uh, – of, uh, General liability insurance, I got my foot in. I'm ready to rock and roll. I get a text message from Ed Service, head coach at Creighton University in my hometown. The College World Series, is their, that field is their home field. I mean, it was, it was like, uh, you know, it worked 10 years to have that opportunity. He's like, hey, I got, you know, volunteer positions open on my staff. Uh, if you'd be interested, I'm like, Ed, and that would be my foot in the door, you know. Uh, I was like, if this was a week earlier, I'd be all over it, but – it was one of those deals like, are you sure you want the old field? Is that little carrot at the end? And uh, went for it, and it's, it's been a good run. It really, it really has. So you had a cup of coffee in the majors for a few years to, for the Baltimore no, Orioles, huh? Uh, no, sc- scouting. Yeah, scouting. yeah, that's what I mean. Scouting. Yeah, I get a cup of coffee, I guess, was as baseball playing, but I just meant working. Right. That's all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah the, uh, the, the area scouting, you had like North Texas, you know, including Dallas, you know, all the way up to uh, – Kansas or Oklahoma, Kansas and Nebraska. So being from Nebraska and coaching Nebraska in the, you know, small schools and high school stuff and a lot of small schools as at any high school, Bellevue University, they're, you know, national powerhouse at that level. But and we're playing a lot of those small schools that he might not have the time where he's stuck in Dallas Fort Worth area chasing guys that are, you know, top five rounders, uh, you know, so I was able to be some, be some eyes up there and, you know, it was, it was cool. I got a pretty, you know, it wasn't like he, you didn't really make any. You got a title. You didn't really make any money, but you got a, a free minor league baseball pass as well to get you to any stadium. So you got the Omaha Rolls, the Triple A team there. I guess the Storm Chaser now, but uh, yeah, man, I'd be in there all, every time after practice with that little free pass. It was, it was a good deal. It was fun. What show plays are you currently in right now? Uh, right now, I'm up here rocking in the box. And uh, oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, I'm up here in uh, in Wofford City, and we're working down there. Uh, around Mandaree area. Uh, it's, it's really, I really like the area up here. I mean, it's amazing how we saw, you know, it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, it all runs together. You know, your windshield's down negative 38, and then it's like you get a windshield and it's like 28, and, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable what the 50, 50 degrees will do where below freezing starts to feel where you're like, you know what, I can, shorts and a, and a hoodie, I could probably, I could probably bear this. It's a, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild how relative the weather gets when you're in some real real cold stuff. But it was funny to watch the uh, North Dakota State Bison who won their eighth national championship in the last nine years. They were down in Frisco, wow. Texas. Yeah, down in Frisco, yes. Texas for the uh, national championship, one double A. 
and they uh, played, I believe it was James Madison, <clears throat> and yeah. it was only 40 degrees down in Texas. And James Madison, they were all decked up, looked like, you know, kind of snowmobile suits for, for players, as, as much as a snowmobile suit that a football player can wear. And, you know, NDSU was basically in short sleeves. They were, that was fine. You know, 40 degrees is like summertime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of fans when I, I had a meeting down in Houston. I flew down to and flew back into, into uh, the airport of Wilson, the new airport there. And that's, that's a nice airport, in and out and, and really clean. It's, it's a really nice uh, nice airport that they got now but uh there was a bunch of the ndsu fans that were getting back on that same flight from down there and uh yeah they were talking about how it was uh you know they weren't expecting that cold down there but it wasn't even as cold as everybody was making it because yeah they're you're from up here you're used to some pretty brutal stuff that's for sure so are you uh bach and laser focused are you are you in other shale plays are you looking to expand into others or this is one of those deals um you know, my normal area that we've been running and, and home base for me has been the Texas Panhandle in northwest Oklahoma. And and I can tell you, there's some plays in Oklahoma that are still going, you know, some of the stuff, uh, you know, Kingfisher, Lindsay, you know, some of the stuff over there uh, going a little bit more east. That stuff in the, in the northwest part of the state, it's, it's, it's pretty dead. I mean, one of the bigger, bigger names in the area that we've been doing work for for, for years uh, I mean, they don't even have a rig over there right now. Uh, had another count that they'd had a bigger outfit that had been doing their work for years and uh, had some guys contract pumping for them. And then finally, you know, it took about a year. They finally started using us on the production work and started getting that. And uh, then that other outfit came in. They had to iron the, you know, the completion hands and one of the production and just undercut us. So that was one of those times where it's slowed down there. There's, you know, there's real minimal stuff going, especially for me right now. So, Hop up here uh, to Atlantic Energy Partners, um, and I'll say they've been good. Like, where if I don't have anything going on, or I need to supplement with with some guys, you know, or or for me, where I can go out for those guys. They're, uh, I guess, it's kind of a recruiting service, but uh, they've been around two years, and and I'll tell you, I've, I I feel comfortable dealing with them and, and got a good relationship with them. To where if I do have gaps like this, can go out, you know, they feel comfortable with me being able to, you know, represent them well. And for me, it's able to plug gaps. So it's uh, been a good working relationship and, and allowed me to see some different places where, you know, the accounts that, that I originally was running on down there. And, and uh, I knew that's guys I broke out in that area. And that's how I got the MSA at the beginning. Cause I was just working there around me and they're like, Hey man, why don't you get your own deal going? Boom. And next, you know, that's what, how I actually got started and got my first MSAs. But uh, so this, this has allowed me to see some different places coming up here where normally I was just in that little bubble, you know, for years straight, just handling those accounts and, and, you know, tending to those and not having to get out of that. So it's been cool, you know, been over to Wyoming, been down to Permian before, uh, and then up here in North Dakota. And, and I really like North Dakota. I, I think the, uh, besides it's pretty long days up here, uh, because you know, when you're working on say like the three affiliated tribes working on the, on the reservation, you know, you have to have special permits where, you know, everybody has to basically drive together where a lot of these other jobs say, if you're the, in the Permian and, and they got you staying in the man camp or a hotel or whatever it may be, you're driving your own truck to location as a contractor, you're driving your own truck to location. And when ships over, you're, you're out of there. Or if you're staying, you know, like some of the stuff in Oklahoma, most of the stuff in Oklahoma that been on, you park your camper on location and your shift is done. And, you know, you, you're able to just go to your camper for, you know, your off shift hours. But, up here, you know, there's a little extra because you can't just drive out there without having a permit. So it, 
it makes for some long days, but man, the, the, the area up here is really nice. The wells up here, from what I've seen, are, I mean, they, they get monster wells up here. They, they really do, you know, that's, and that's what's kind of hurting. It's sad, you know, a place like Oklahoma right now that, and the Texas Panhandle where it's not, it's not as profitable at the price, the price that the oil is right now, guys aren't doing anything there. It's, it's, they're not, you know, there's always exceptions. You're like, oh, this company hit a, a monster well. But as a whole, in those areas, you're hitting like okay, you know, uh, oil wells with a good amount of water, most of which is having to be trucked. You know, like okay gas numbers. Everything's like, you know, solid but not great, not terrible. You know, where you get up here, you're just like, wow, the the the, the numbers that the guys are able to push up here on these wells are, are, are really unbelievable. It's been pretty neat to see be around the Bakken has certainly shown that it's going to be around and it has been around you know when I first started reporting on this seven eight years ago uh-huh. they were talking about you know 30 years you know 40 years that type of thing and you see the up and the downs and the downturns and the low prices and the Bakken is still putting out over a million barrels a day so I mean if they're if there's if if there's shrinking or there's downsizing happening, there it's more centralizing than anything because they're still putting out 1.2, 1.1 million barrels a day. Permian's still putting out some good numbers. I have read yes. and I have been at conferences where I've seen the Permian is supposed to actually be about seventy percent of the total shale play over the next thirty years. And I think I read that about five years ago. I don't know if those numbers have changed or not, but just to give you an idea of the significance of of that Permian shale play, the way that the way they're looking at it. But um, so yeah, you look at, you look, go ahead. I was going to say, you look at a place, you know, like say Oklahoma or, or, you know, Louisiana, some of the areas where, when that, when that hit came in the end of 2014, that fourth quarter of 14, you know, like those areas haven't recovered yet. You know, I mean, I'm sure the Bakken took a hit in there, but I mean, it's, it's still going, the wells are so good that it's not going to just die off. It was, some of those areas really haven't, you know, and the Permian is, is really, you know, an area where guys that are down there are like, man, this is a boom, you know, where a lot of the other parts of the country haven't even recovered from the bust, you know, that's, that's now been, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago. Uh, so it makes it even more impressive, you know, what they, what they're doing in the Permian. But, you know, for this being the, the short sample size, you know, I think I've been up here for three different hitches up here in North Dakota. The sample size that I have to go off of is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, the biggest thing that I was most shocked with up in this area was uh, I remember looking at YouTube videos, you know, when, when things are, were, were boom, we got a hundred dollar barrel oil and you're just hearing like how North Dakota is as close to actual wild, wild West, you know, gold rush as, as you know, we we're going to probably see in our, in our generation. Uh, I mean, it was just looking at the videos from the outside, like, Man, it's unbelievable. The traffic, the you know, the stories of people going to Walmart to try to get stuff and you know, just they're just cutting it off of pallets, not even putting it on shelves and you know, the not enough housing and how everything was. Man, I, I got up here and like Watford City, I tell you what, like I mean they, there's infrastructure is in place, you know, everything's kinda new and uh room to grow. I mean, I was really impressed with the infrastructure when I got up here. Really more so you go to some of the places in the Permian, if you're in Orla Mentone, even you know, Pake is something like that. Shoot, man, Wofford City is really, really nice, and the infrastructure's there. Is you know, what do you prefer? Do you prefer 110 or do you prefer negative 30? You know, pick your poison. But uh, yeah, it's a I, I've enjoyed it up here. 
How can people get in touch with you and uh, what type of uh, services, once again, are you offering? Yes, sir. Um, you can get a hold of us, look us up on our webpage. It's uh, www.huskerlandoilfield.com, huskerlandoilfield.com, or uh, Facebook, you search Huskerland Oilfield Services. Um, or personally, I'm on, on LinkedIn, Matt Cruz, K R U S E. Um, you know, those would be ways could, you know, guys could take a peek. We offer. Uh, production services, contract pumpers, uh, operators on flowback, uh, you know, consultants, and uh, you know, had some had some steamers there for a while, but uh, got a little warm down there. Maybe it's the, the global warming. I don't <laughs> I don't dog play it, but uh, you know, we're uh, wasn't feasible doing that anymore. But you know, that's what we're doing out here, just day by day, just trying to do a good job and take opportunities as they come. And uh, Jason, I appreciate you having me on the show because it's like a time like this and uh glad you even think to have me on the show because i mean I, I remember thinking back when i first got in old field you know before i stepped foot on a location somebody would have thrown it was all sports for me growing up you know everything was just single track minded sports and, and you know I had just my small family in nebraska it wasn't like you know uncle tony who's the the mechanic i mean really if you would have put a, a whole pile of tools and said your life depends on it pick out the crescent wrench like i, I still might have been able to but like if your life depend on it, i don't know if i'd have been 100 percent sure so it's you know, come a long way personally and with the company and, you know, moments like this, even having me on a show, man, take me back and, and let me think, uh, you know, how, how things have, have came and how far we've come. So I, I appreciate that, Jason.